0: This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today, I tell you, maybe one man isn't enough. We'll get to that here in just a moment, but welcome in. Thank you so much for joining me here on A to Z as we continue this venture on Locked On Sports. And yes, I'm still in sunny Florida through the rest of the week. I'm enjoying my vacation, as you can see. Uh, it is beautiful here, but focus always still on Atlanta as we continue on Locked On Sports, free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, just search Locked On Sports Atlanta. We've got a lot to do today. I'm excited, actually, for the next segment, where I'm going to tell you the one position the Falcons cannot draft coming up later on in the show. But first segment of the show, brought to you by Shady Rays, an incredible independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and Premium high end finishes, also something you won't find anywhere else, is Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection for every single pair. They will send you a brand new pair. If you lose them, no matter what happened, give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, tend to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to shadyrays.com and use the code locked on to get. off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for the best deal of the season. 50% off, half off, folks, for two or more pairs of shady race sunglasses, backed by over 150,000 verified five star reviews. All right. Uh, Last night, the Hawks lose a game to Toronto, 118 to 108. And uh, I talked yesterday on the show about kind of how Toronto had to contain Trey Young. I said that they needed to keep him in like the 25, you know, the 24, 22 point range. And they did that. Uh, and, you know, over the course of the last couple of games for the Hawks, I really got in, into the idea that maybe we don't need John Collins. Maybe Trey is enough. Like maybe the way Trey is playing right now, maybe playoff Trey, as I called him, when activated is enough for this team to be able to actually accomplish things. And, well, this isn't a sight on Trey Young. I think last night against high-level defensive teams exposed the idea a little bit that Trey is enough in a seven-game series. In a one-game thing, in the, you know, in playing a coin flip trio, yes, Trey is enough. But in a seven-game series against a high-level defensive team, it's not going to be enough. And here's the problem for the Hawks. Let's just assume they get out of the play-in tournament. They're going to be facing Boston on my one or two seeds right now. Uh, and those are two of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Much similar to Toronto. So they're going to be playing a team like they played last night. And the Hawks want to get past the team like that. It's, it's going to take more than the Trey to just do it. And so I started studying some of Trey's game logs and looking at the games where he's successful and where the Hawks are successful and, and what he does, you know, plays out. And of course, you know, you have the team on the left side and, you know, the score and the date and everything else. And then, you know, you can see the Ws, whether they won or lost. And then you start to move over to Trey's shooting percentage, right? Uh, and the number of uh, field goals attempted and field goals made. And you start to see these numbers. Now, Trey is a volume shooter. And you can't really pay attention to field percentage too much. He's a volume shooter. And volume shooters are going to have nights where they shoot 25% of the field, 35% of the field. It's just going to look ugly, right? Um, and even at that, three-point nights, some nights are going to be successful, some nights they're not. And so – you know, I don't look at shooting percentage too much for a guy, although when he has bad shooting nights, uh, it's, it's rougher on the team. It, it's much harder for them to win when Trey is only shooting four for, for 16 or whatever it may be. But where the difference is and where Trey is really, really effective, if you look at his box scores, is at the free line. When Trey has huge knots, where Trey gets these 35, 40, 45-point nights, he is getting to the free-throw line 10, 12 times. Eight. And that's something that is super, super important. Like did, got there three times, 26 points, three free-throws. That's just not the way that Trey is going to be successful. His biggest impact is when he can put points on the board with no clock running, with nobody blocking him, and taking free throws for easy buckets. He's a great free throw shooter. I mean, there's no reason to believe that he a large percentage of those free throws. So, you know, when I watched this whole thing unfold last night, and, and look, they got quality effort for players, right? Uh, I think night last you know, I know he got even hurt, and, uh, you know, but those guys aren't really. Consistent players and consistent scorers for this lineup, you know, uh, and and so when Trey is not on and not scoring at the level you want him to, you have to look even further down the, the the game log to see where the other second biggest impact he makes, and that's the assist column, right? You start to see on nights where Trey, you know, is as I mentioned, like four for sixteen, uh and he's not shooting well, and he only has like fourteen points or 18 points, whatever it is, and doesn't get to the free throw line, the assist column is what really matters. Because when he has those double-digit assists, when he has 11, 12 assists, 14 assists, whatever it may be, he's making other guys better around him. And that is ultimately what it's going to take for this team to be able to get out of the first round, is Trey has to choose the kind of night that he's going to have. He's going to have to recognize early on if he's not shooting well, and he's not getting to the free throw line, dish, dish, give it away. Somebody else get involved. Um, And and this is where uh, I start to look at John Collins as very much a huge factor because he truly is the only other consistent offensive presence on this team. Guys like Ogie and Herter, I I don't want to use the word rotational, but from a scoring standpoint, they're rotational. These aren't guys who are going to – I think Herter had 20 last night. That's not an every-night thing. Right, like It's not like Herter goes out and averages 20 points a game. It's just not him. So on certain nights, he's going to have 20. Other nights, he's going to have nine. Uh, and on a night like last, last night where they only got one consistent scorer off the bench, it's not enough. They need Collins in the lineup to be able to provide that other bona fide scorer that they just don't have without him. And so for as much as run through the last week, two weeks plus, looking at the Hawks and going, dude, Trey's on fire. Playoff Trey is here, and, and they can be great, and they're going to make some noise in the playoffs, and their team. People are sure, and I agree with all of those things. They need Collins. They truly, truly, truly need Collins, especially against the better defensive teams. Because what Collins' scoring standpoint against better defensive teams it doesn't allow them to focus solely on Trey's. They've got to put a body on Collins. They've got to do some defensive attention onto Collins, and that makes Trey more effective offensively. That's big thing, that's why they need Collins against Boston, against Miami, against Toronto. Those really good defensive teams, because the average defensive teams, their whole philosophy is, well, go ahead, let Trey get 30, we'll just focus on everybody else, because it's good as Trey. When Collins is on the court, you can't do that. Collins provides a whole different level of offensive firepower that teams have to account for, that defenses have to account for. And when it's a really good defense, anything you can do to take the focus off Trey makes the Hawks a better team. And that to me was sort of exposed last night in the game against Toronto. Uh, it really was telling watching that game unfold. Look, the Hawks had a chance to win it too, right? They were down by, I think, a point within the final two minutes, and it was right there for them. And I thought they were going to be able to pull it out. And I was going to say, wow, what a big, you know, trading that was best night. And they still were able to get out of there with a win. And it wasn't to be. Dramus is a three at the end. And the next thing you know, they're in a foul situation, and la da Uh And the Hawks didn't cover or win. You know me, I don't care about the cover uh, because good teams win, great teams cover. Anyway. The Hawks, now for me, with three games left, you know, they know they're in the play in tournament that locked it up. It's just a question of seeding now between Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta. Uh, I don't think anybody will catch Cleveland with three games left for the seven seed. So, you know, getting into that eight seed is super preferable because you may only have to play one game before the actual playoffs start. Uh, the seven eight winner automatically goes, and then the eight, the loser of that game gets another crack at the winner of the nine ten um, to decide who to the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, last night was a little bit eye-opening. Uh, I will back off that maybe Trey is enough. I, I don't know that he's enough to win a playoff series against a good defensive team. If they were swear off against Cleveland in seven games, even to a certain extent of Philadelphia, I think, because they had a little bit of a mental in Philadelphia, if they were to go against one of those teams, you know, I don't think they would have any issues without Collins. When you're going against Boston, Miami, Toronto, really high-level defensive teams. And Milwaukee, a whole different scenario just because of Giannis. Be it's a whole different game plan, a whole different everything. Um, but against the boston milwaukee Toronto, they need John Collins, and they need bad. All right, coming up next, the Falcons absolutely cannot draft this position. And it will also lead me to tell you why it makes total sense to draft a quarterback. That's coming up next right here on A to Z. Locked on Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. Just search Locked on Sports wherever you get your podcast we we'll be right back. Welcome back in to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, part of the Locked On Sports network. Just search Locked On Sports Atlanta wherever you get your podcast. We're also free on YouTube. Appreciate you guys joining us here on A to Z. So great to be daily basis. Yes. I'm on vacation in sunny Florida, but I could not resist here in week number two of Locked On Sports Atlanta right after the launch of spending some time on my vacation with you guys at my parents' house. As you can hear, I think they're picking up the trash outside if you can hear that. But nonetheless, it's great to be with you guys every single day here on A to Z. So much fun to be back. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Also, follow us. Locked on Sports Atlanta, Locked on ATL, at Locked on ATL on Twitter as well. You'll get all the content there. Love to hear from you guys. Love to interact with you. Please give me some feedback on what you think of the show so far. Uh, Coming up here in the next segment, where I'm not going to put my money. I'll explain that coming up. But I told you uh, before last segment that there is absolutely one position the Falcons cannot draft. And a lot of people are thinking that they absolutely need to draft one of these. And a lot of people are thinking it is a necessity. And a lot of people are thinking that because this is a very good draft at this position, especially at the top where the Falcons are picking at eight. And this will lead me to tell you why it makes the most sense to draft a quarterback or I shouldn't say it makes sense to draft a quarterback. It might not make the most sense, but it makes sense. And the position that they cannot draft this year is wide receiver. Before you start throwing things at your screen or drive off the road or whatever, hear me out here. Okay. The whole reason that the Falcons are in the situation that they are in is because they went after Deshaun Watson that led them to have to dump Matt Ryan. And, and now they're clearing salary cap space. And, uh, it is one of those things where you have now eaten so much dead cat money that this year is a dead year. There's nothing's going to happen. It, it is what it is. Right. And so, Next year, you are free of cap space. And there is a ton of money to spend for the Falcons. Have you guys looked at the 2023 wide receiver free agent class? Let me just read names to you. DK Metcalf, 24. Debo Samuel, 26 years old. A.J. Brown, 25 years old. Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers, 26 years old. Hunter Renfro, the Raiders, 26 years old. Terry McLaurin, Washington Commanders, 27 years old. Even Brandon Cooks from the Houston, Texas, is only 28 years old. There is a huge wide receiver free agency class coming up next year. You got all this cap space for a reason to go spend it. And you're going to have to because you're going to have to get above a salary floor, especially with Grady Jarrett's contract coming off the books one way or another. You're going to have a ton of money to spend. You're not going to be able to attract any wide receiver to come here. And these are legitimate wide receivers, folks. These are all all wide receivers that can absolutely make an impact on a team. You're not going to be able to attract any of those guys here, no matter how much money you have, if you don't have a quarterback that they want to play with. Hence why it makes sense to draft a quarterback this year. You're following the logic here, folks there is a huge wide receiver class in free agency next year. The best thing you can do to attract one of those with all the cap space that you're going to have in a situation where you may be able to offer any of those names a substantial amount of money substantial amount of money more than what other and structure contract that's favorable to you because of so much cap space position. But nobody's going to say yes to more money if it means they're not going to get the ball. Look at contracts that have come around. Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, even Stephon Diggs yesterday just signed a deal with new money for Buffalo. It's going to keep me there through 2027. Wide receiver money is legit. And I've said for years, don't pay wide receivers, don't pay wide receivers. Guess what? You don't have a choice now. Because the league is so heavy into that. The league is so much focused on that position, much like it was for running backs 15 years ago even where we were overpaying running backs the adrian peterson's of the world and everything else we were paying those guys too much money and all those bad running back contracts that were handed out right levy bell and all that other stuff now it's wide receivers you're going to start to see in two or three years oh it's a bad wide receiver contract bad wide receiver contract got to get out from underneath it that's what's going to happen but the Falcons do not to worry about that because they are in a position where they're going to have plenty of cap room to spend but none of those guys are going to go you know what i want five million more but I don't know who I want to go play with in Atlanta. Like, I don't want to go to Atlanta. I don't want to play that. I'd rather take $5 million less and go catch balls and become a star and get endorsement deals and everything else, you know, and go be on a team that, that wins and is competitive. So it makes sense now if you were going to sell me on Malik Willis and the plan was draft the quarterback now, throw him to the Wolves, right? Throw him to the Wolves and let him show some flashes of what he can do a la Joe Burrow in Cincinnati right? Because his first year, they stunk. They were bad. But Joe Burrow made them a little bit more competitive, made them a little bit exciting, made you see that, guess what? Even though there's no offensive line, we have no running game, we stink, we can't win games, I can still play. And if Malik Wills is that guy, guess what? You'll see it. I can still play. And if he can still play, then you can go get that veteran wide receiver from the list that I just gave you and pay him to be the tandem that you need on offense. That is how you can build this thing. That makes sense. Drafting a wide receiver this year is now stupid. When I found this out, when I looked at this list, I said, oh, it's stupid. Don't even do it. There is no reason to draft a wide receiver. Not with that class coming up. No way. I wouldn't even waste it. Oh, but it's young talent. It's young talent you're going to waste. You have to have a quarterback for your wide receiver to matter. It doesn't matter. Kyle Pitts, again, is if ineffective. Kyle Pitts will be nothing because he doesn't have anybody throwing him the ball. So you're going to have Kyle Pitts and a first-round wide receiver and no quarterback unless you believe that Marcus Mariota is the guy that is going to elevate this offense. I'm not trusting that. I wouldn't do it. So yes, this is why you draft the quarterback this year. Go take one at eight, go take Malik Willis if he's there. If you swing and miss, you really lost nothing at a minimum. Worst case, you can trade Malik Willis in the offseason season to somebody who may want him and even if you're only getting a second-round pick out of it, so what? Like, when you are in a rebuild, you can't be afraid to move off bad decisions quickly. You just have to be able to recognize them. You can't sit there in bad investments and go, yeah, well, you, we'll just we'll ride it out. We'll see. What, we'll hopefully it's going to turn around. No. Just dump it and get out. And oh, by the way, the other thing in this class that is the, the next year's uh, free agency class that's super important, why you don't necessarily need to go get another one of these now is a defensive back. And I know they need him, and I know that this is a good class as well. But when you look at it, Mickey Fitzpatrick is going to be a free agent. He's 25. Jair Alexander, 25. Jesse Bates, 25. Derwin James, 26. Byron Murphy, 24. There are legitimate DBs out there next year that you're going to have money to spend on. And this is what you have to kind of look at when you're balancing out how, we're going to, how the Falcons are going to play the rest of this offseason. Because understanding what you do now will affect what you do later is critical to this whole thing. I mean, to me, I'm not taking a wide receiver. Someone wants to trade with me and go get one, fine. But I, the Falcons should not take a wide receiver. They don't have a quarterback that they had set long-term to pair with that guy. And you, and you, and right now you're in danger of wasting Kyle Pitts' best, cheapest years where he can make the most impact for your franchise on the macro level because he doesn't cost that much. You're wasting them without a quarterback to give him the ball, period. So, they have a huge, huge, huge task in front of them to understand what to do. If they draft a wide receiver, I'm going to fire shots at this organization endlessly because I just think it's the wrong move. All right, this segment of A to Z brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. I know it's a time of year where, you know, uh, you may be giving up on your New Year's resolutions and you're starting to eat those candy bars again. Well, here's a smart move for you replace your candy bar with a Built Bar. And have you ever even tried to? puffs marshmallow it made amazing. marshmallow protein bar this is a treat and it is 100% covered in chocolate real chocolate all built bars are uh, incredible flavors there's yummy cinnamon churro for the puffs coconut marshmallow banana cream pie you can get them all and built bars are low calorie high protein uh, this is again you want a candy bar replace a candy bar with a built bar they're better Uh, Go to their website, Built.com. Check out their macro chart. If you're into counting macros and everything, you're going to be amazed. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar out there, and you will be impressed. Some great flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. This month, white chocolate cookies and cream is their flavor. It is delicious. Again, Built Bars, they build them for taste first, and then they worry about how to make them healthy. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order again, built.com and the promo code lock 15 for 15% off built bars. All right, coming up next where I'm not going to spend my money. Final segment of A to Z. Stay with me. Welcome back to A to Z here on locked on sports Atlanta. Final segment of the show here on this glorious Wednesday. I hope it is as nice where you are as where I am in Florida on vacation make sure that you check us out on youtube all of the shows here for locked on sports atlanta are free on youtube and search locked on sports atlanta wherever you get your podcast to either hear or see this show every single day appreciate you guys uh starting your week with locked on sports atlanta and continuing to follow us here on this new venture it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, i hope you guys will follow me on twitter at mark Zeno, m-a-r-k-z-i-n-o and continue to follow all the shows hitting hard on chuckery and ATL Day ones with Tanisha Badiste and Jarvis Davis. Uh, we're building this thing here in Atlanta. Can't do it without you guys. So we appreciate you guys supporting us the whole way. Make sure you stay with us again. Follow us on social, locked on ATL on Twitter as well. All right. A couple of things to get to here as we wrap things up on this Wednesday with the Masters starting tomorrow. Tiger Woods gives the announcement yesterday that he's going to play. Uh, and, you know, I, I put this out on Twitter uh, because. I just see so many people. I had a couple of friends text me and ask me, am I crazy for putting money on Tiger Woods to win the Masters at 50 to 1? Uh, and I told them, yes, don't waste your money. And I even said on Twitter that, like, if you're betting on Tiger to win the Masters, I feel like you're setting your money on fire. It's just not a place that I want to put my money at this point. Like, I get Tiger won the Masters in 2019, but if you look at the body of work from, like, 2018 on, Where the hell is that? One. I shouldn't say that. That's really the only course it's the one that he won, but it's really the only tournament where Tiger Tiger. That's really the difference. Like Tiger is just another guy on course from a golf standpoint. You know, I love what he's gonna do for TV this weekend. I love the fact that you know there's gonna be so many people that, and the crowd is gonna be so juiced every time he hits a shot. And I get it. Like I, I don't mind Tiger golfing per se because it's great for the game. And it's great for the energy of the sport. And if you've ever been to a live sporting, a live golf event, like a golf tournament, it's just a different world when Tiger is out on the course. You can see it. I mean, it just, it brings a different level of energy to the crowd that it's just rare. And so while Tiger is uh, a guy that I think will be semi-competitive, and by semi-competitive, he'll make the cut. He'll play all four rounds here. Uh, and again, forgive the uh, the trash going by here at my parents' house in Florida. But he'll make the cut uh, and play all four rounds. But do I think he's going to be in contention on Saturday and Sunday? No, I don't. I just don't think he's that guy anymore. I don't think that that game is where he is. And I know Freddie Couples says he looks great and that you know his, his the game isn't the problem. Tiger has acknowledged he's never playing a full golf schedule again. You know, and you can even argue that the fact that Tiger is even playing golf right now is the win. I mean, the guy nearly lost his leg after that car accident he had. Uh, and it's the first real golf he's going to play in the last 18 months. How much do you trust him? I I just, it's not a place I want to put my money. It's, you know, from a betting standpoint, I'm not going to put my money on it. But again, I just don't think that it's going to be what people are expecting. And if you're expecting to see the old Tiger Woods come back, if you're expecting to see the guy come back, that's going to be making birdies and pumping his fist out there and, you know, uh, riling the crowd up, I, I, I don't see it. Now, and, and this isn't like me hating on Tiger because I don't hate on Tiger. I just, do I have a little bit of Tiger fatigue? I suppose so from a standpoint of when there are so many other amazing golfers out on tour uh, and guys that really just are, are so impressive to watch that they get like everything sucked away from them for Tiger. Part of that is a little bit annoying to me, but I understand it. Um, you know, I grew up with Tiger in his heyday. I mean, for crying out loud, you know, I remember his first Masters that he won. Uh, and and what an event that was for a a was 20 years old time 19 20 years old to win the event i mean it just you know so i understand the the effect that he has on the sport and why people love him but for me uh i could pass on tiger being in this thing i could pass on him being relevant for the course and i me personally i could still enjoy it without him i know a lot of other people don't feel that way but still this is a uh a, a tournament for me that stands alone on its own and i think there are a lot of other guys out there um, you know, that are worth watching. And again, I, I my, my sort of value bet is Xander Schauffele, uh at 20 to one. I think he's a guy that I'm going to key in on this tournament to really make a run uh, at this thing. He's been close a couple of times. He's had top 15 finishes and, and I think he's playing some good golf right now. I mean, probably not as good as John Rahm or anybody else, but I know Xander, uh, if he's in position on Saturday, I'm going to feel really good about where he is uh, heading into heading into Sunday. All right. Final uh, thoughts here. Just a quick note, uh, because, you know, I talk about this repeatedly and often. Um, Brave CEO Derek Schiller, as the Braves get set for their opening day game uh, tomorrow, but Brave CEO Derek Schiller uh, was, quote, incredibly disappointed that, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, in the closing hours of the legislative session of the Georgia state government yesterday, they did not pass the sports gambling bill. Um, Schiller, the Braves, along with the Hawks, uh, the Falcons and Atlanta United have put together this coalition to try to legalize sports gambling in the state of Georgia. As I said, you'll be waiting at least till the earliest January of 2024 before you can ever legally place a bet here in Georgia, uh, on a game in the state of Georgia. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's out there speaking openly about this. I wish we would hear more from the owners. I wish they would apply more public pressure. It's unfortunate that that's what it's going to take for this thing to pass. Uh, in the state of Georgia, and it's more unfortunate that we as citizens are going to continue to uh, be shorted the benefits of all this that many other states around us are getting, uh, and Georgia's doing this to their own detriment. But again, you know, Derek Schiller said that it's not for our lack of trying. I think he's putting his ire in the wrong place. I think, once again, that if he uh, directed the ire at the governor, uh, the one person who can push all the buttons for this and make it happen and make it happen quickly, uh, that's what's really going to get this thing done. And honestly, next year is the best year to do it because what's going to happen here is that if Governor Kemp gets reelected, and that's the big part of this, if he gets reelected, um, you know, that he is going to be in his final term and he can push and not worry about the after effects of it, of good, bad, negative, and be out of office, you know, by the time. Um, or at least for a better part of it. So from that standpoint, uh, it's the best chance for him to, to, to get this thing done uh, if he wants it. But as I said repeatedly, I don't think the governor wants it. Uh, he has tap danced around it, but I've said that, you know, he's sort of just trying to play both sides of the fence with it. And, and the more he does that, eh, the longer this thing is going to sit out there. Uh, Hawks and Wizards tonight, final home game for the Atlanta Hawks at State Farm Arena. Hawks laying 10 and a half. Uh, I will say this much. Hawks have motivation on their side. Uh, clearly they need to win the game to have a better seed in the play-in tournament. Uh, too many points for me to back the Hawks on a back-to-back, especially coming from Canada. And why do I say coming from – because it just takes a little bit longer to get home. you got to get through customs and everything. And, and uh, Even though you're going to your own terminal, it's just still not a, a uh, incredibly quick process one way or another. Uh, I think the Hawks win. I think they'll be motivated. But uh, I don't want to lay this many points on a back-to-back. So Hawks win. Wizards cover. Uh, take the Wizards plus a ten and a half, and it's probably going to end up going over. Both of these teams uh, aren't really going to be concerned with playing defense at all. Um, and if the Hawks are going to win this game and cover it, it's definitely going to have to go over. I can't see how this they they get to it's you know one twenty to one hundred five kind of deal um, would be the math and the numbers that put my head to get this thing over the two thirty total. So we'll see, but let's hope the Hawks get a win tonight. And we'll be back tomorrow right here on A to Z, on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Again, free on YouTube. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta wherever you get your podcast. You guys have a great Wednesday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya.